Amen. Thank you, Mrs. Judge. Nothing haps, happens by accident. That happens to be exactly what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about obedience and how Mary and Joseph were obedient. Obedience is a hard thing for us to learn. Even as a, a child, it's a hard thing for us to learn. Uh, Janet had a class, she had recess in the gym the other day, and we had our table set out for our senior hour, and I went in there to talk to her, and one of the boys was running up the tables, and I said, honey, you better watch that boy. He might hit his head on the table and hurt himself. And Janet said, I told him not to do that. And he said, Janet said, come here. The boy came, he said, that's it for your recess. It's finished. And he had to stay, stay there. Little things, little sins, like the cookie jar. How many boys have got their hand right into the cookie jar when mom said no, and they got caught? How many times? Got a, an email from our son David this, this afternoon, and I wished them a Merry Christmas. And they sent me back a thing, Merry Christmas, we're making chocolate peanut butter balls. And had a picture of our little granddaughter holding one. And they said, we can't come home and have Mrs. McPherson make them, Mom make them for us this year. So we're stuck down here. And I can remember Janet saying to me, uh, Paul, we're making, I'm making all these treats up for Christmas and I'm going to put them in the freezer. So just leave them there. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't fool around with them, eh? And so I'm walking by the freezer one day. Oh, Janet's not around. I think she's gone to the store. I pull them out and, oh, man, that thing's good. I better have two. Another day goes by, Janet comes to go and get them at Christmas time, and there's six of them missing. And she says, what happened? I said, I don't know. <laughs> you know, little things. My, uh, my mom and my, my grandmother used to say, uh, Paul, when I was a kid, she, she'd say, Paul, uh, don't eat in between the meals because you're going to, you, like, don't have any snacks in between the meals because you're going to ruin your meal. Okay, no problem. You get outside and you're with your friends and he's got a chocolate bar. And he says, how would you like a piece, Paul? Well, mom said no. Ah, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> and, you, and you take it and you eat it. And guess what? Your meal is ruined. But we do these things, don't we? I can remember um, Al, Al talked about that penny that you put on the track this morning and the train would come by and it would just squish that penny into a big, huge penny. And How many have done that? Anybody? Yeah, I can remember doing that in Toronto. And I've seen it on an old movie like from the 30s. So, I mean, those kind of things carry on. I did those kind of things. Well, one day... I was uh, told by my dad, 
don't go down. I, I hear that you're down by the railway tracks, and don't go down there. I said, okay, Dad, I won't go down there. A few weeks went by. I must have forgot what my dad said. And the, the, in Toronto, we lived on Kenmark Boulevard, and the, the tracks were about a, a mile away. Well, my dad will never see me there. And we get on those tracks, and we walk on the, the rail. You know, you walk on that rail. I don't think I could do it now. I'd be falling all over the place. But how many have done that? Walk on the rail of a railway, you know, where the train goes. And then we go up on the old boxcars that were sitting there. And we'd be playing with them and pulling with the wheel and everything, you know. Having a great old time. Guess who came walking up? My dad. He said, Paul, I told you. And he walked from the house a mile to see where I was. And he said, Paul, I told you to stay away from that railway tracks. It's dangerous for you. That was the longest mile that I ever had walking back. And it was the longest month on my rear end. (laughs) Oh, I can still remember it. You know, sin was starting to get a little bit more and more. Gerald, could I have that apple, please? I asked Gerald to bring me up an apple I didn't want to put it up here because then it would just distract everybody. Thank you. And these are one of my favorite ambrosio. They're really a good apple. Can you believe that if it was, we don't know for sure in the Garden of Eden, they say it was an apple tree. Maybe it was. But can you believe a little apple tree would cause all this trouble in the world? Well, it really wasn't the apple, was it? The apple was up in the apple tree, and, and God said, this is forbidden fruit. I don't want you to eat that. And the devil came along. God told her that she'd die the day that she ate of that apple, and, eat, and Adam would die the day that they ate of that apple. And the devil came, you're not going to die. Go ahead, take it. And she'd look at that thing. Oh, man, that looks good for food. Wow. One, it's, and also, if you eat of this fruit, it's going to show you what's good and what's evil. You're going to have all kinds of knowledge if you eat that. And she said, this is one desire to make me wise. It was pleasant to the eyes and good to, for food. And she, took, she was beguiled by the devil. And she took that and she ate it. And she gave one to her husband. And he knew the difference. He knew it was wrong. And he took that apple, and he ate that apple. And because of that, all this sin has come into the world. They looked out of the Garden of Eden, and the animals were killing each other. All of a sudden, death came into the Garden of Eden everywhere. Plants are dying. They had children. They killed each other. Now it's getting serious. Now it's getting really serious what they have done. And there had to be a price paid for that sin. And Jesus was the only one that could pay it. And you look at the sin today. How much sin there's in the world. How men are killing each other and fighting each other and aborting babies and the alcohol and the drugs and everything that's going on in this world. The sin has increased. It's not a little thing anymore. It's not a little sin anymore. It's a big sin. The Bible says it's like the sin of the pig wallowing in the mire. 
You ever seen a pig wallowing in the mire? Ray, you've probably seen a few at the, at the pig barn. I've seen them. You get them and you spray them down with a hose, and man, they're right back in there. And, and talk about stink. Woo! Sin smells. You ever see, and, and your sin is like a dog returning to its vomit. You ever seen a dog do that and eat up the vomit? Ah! That's how it looks to God in his sight. Our sin is like puke to him. Like us wallowing in the mire. That's where I was. I was wallowing in the mire in my life. 27 years I sinned and did what I wanted to do. I thought it was okay. God got a hold of my heart, said, you're a sinner. My sin became before, before me, and I was shook up to the core. And I had to turn to God and turn from my sin and get saved. I obeyed. There's 37 million people in Canada and almost all of them are heading to a Christless eternity because they won't believe God. They won't obey. They won't obey. A man must be born again. No, that's not true. There's some other way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by... No, there's some other, there's some other way to get to heaven. There's no other way. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. No other way to get to heaven. And there's 37 million how many of those are saved? Maybe 10%, 3.7 million that are saved, and the rest are all going to a crisis eternity. Millions of people, 7.7 billion people in the world, and how many of them know Christ? How many of them are obedient to the gospel message that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and he's alive forevermore, and he holds the keys to death and hell, and he wants to save people? How many? have turned their heart over to Christ. One little apple, one sin we plunged into sin. And look at our world today. What a mess we're in. It's all because of sin. We can't blame God. God loves us. If there's any blame, blame the devil. Blame the devil. He, he's the one that tempted Eve and, and we're the same. We all fall. We, all, we're, we can't blame Adam and, Adam and Eve. Uh, we're the same. We all fall. We all sin against God. We're all disobedient. And then we get saved and, and we're still many times disobedient. Let's try to be obedient to God. Let's try to be obedient to God. Luke chapter 2. Obedience. Chosen vessels. Joseph and Mary, what a wonderful story of obedience. These two, I believe, were saved. They, they came out of this sin that they're sinners like anybody else, and they got saved. Joseph and Mary, of all the people in the world at this time, were chosen by God. Mary to be the one that would be the virgin that would give birth to the Holy Son of God, Jesus Christ. And Joseph to be Mary's spouse, husband, and be a man that would lead and protect Mary on their many journeys. These two would be obedient to God and the laws of the land. To the best of my knowledge, what I see in scriptures, 
they obeyed God and the law of the land. We often get upset with our government. And I'm sure Joseph and Mary could have had complained about the long trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a 90-mile journey, which took three days. Mary being great with child. I'm moved when I think on, on this, the Son of God in the form of an infant in Mary's womb, taking this long trip step by step, or if she was on a donkey, doesn't specify in the scripture. But that long journey and the baby Jesus in that womb, that precious, precious life being protected by the womb and by Joseph, the infinite sinless savior inside of her. They had a change of plans, Mary and Joseph. Uh, from reading some of the life of Joseph, I've read that it's possible that he was not only a carpenter, but a house builder, and may have traveled from Bethlehem to Nazareth under contract to build a house where he met Mary, fell in love, and more than likely had plans to marry her and build a life together in Bethlehem, which all changed with Mary going to give birth to Jesus. He believed the report. You may have had some plans in your life. My wife and I, we had plans in our life. Uh, we were going to get married, and, and I was going to work at the Becker Milk Company, probably retire there, and Janet had a good job. Uh, she's always had an office job, and we were going to have children. And God got a hold of our hearts and saved us and changed everything, changed all the plans. Praise God that he did. Even though I've done some things that uh, have been disobedient, I'm so glad that I'm here where I am today, that God can use me and bless me. Praise God. Hallelujah. A saved sinner by the grace of God. Matthew, uh, turn back to Matthew, uh, chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost by a virgin. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Uh, this was a godly man, Joseph. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus, the Savior of the world. For he shall save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. You can't, you can't argue with that. A virgin shall be with child. 
That's the truth. That's Scripture. The Scripture cannot be broken. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us, and God is with us tonight. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of God. He is in us tonight. God, can you get a hold of that? God is in you. Oh, oh uh, we not to, uh, shouldn't we be reverence to God tonight that he will fill this sin-sick body with his Holy Spirit that we might be used of him, that we might be blessed of him. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was obedient. Joseph was obedient to the heavenly calling here in the scripture. And then turn to Luke, Luke chapter number one, Luke chapter number one. In verse number 26, Luke chapter number one, we're going to be reading a few verses here. Uh, verse number 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Not above, not above woman, but among women. She's a sinner just like the rest of us. But God chose her. She was a vessel that God chose. A godly lady that was living for Jesus. And God chose her. And he chose Joseph. They were obedient. Are we obedient to the heavenly calling that God has called each one of us to? He has something for us to do. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Uh, both of these, Mary and Joseph, they fulfilled the will of God. There's nothing in the scriptures that says that they didn't. They went on to their heavenly home in heaven, fulfilling God's word. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God because of her faith, because she had grace in her. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give him unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Amen. There shall be no end to the kingdom of God. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered, said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid or the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She obeyed God and said, be it according to your word, Lord. And God blessed her. And she brought forth the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise God. These two chosen vessels were obedient. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. They were obedient to the ruler of the Roman Empire, Caesar Augustus, the adopted son of Julius Caesar, whose real name was not Augustus, but Octavian. He was not completely satisfied with the name Octavian, with just having the title king, emperor, or dictator, but wanted to be deified. Augustus means the exalted, the venerable, divine, consecrate. He wanted to be deified. Julius, Caesar's son, wanted to be deified. How far he fell short of this. Who pays taxes to Augustus today or worships him? As for Jesus Christ, people all over the world worship him and reverence him and pay their tithe unto Jesus. Today, there's millions that love and obey Jesus. A chosen place, a chosen place. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 3 to verse 5. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And she also came from Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. How appropriate, John 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. Have you hungered or thirsted after salvation? Have you really hungered or thirst after salvation? I haven't. I mean, I, I want to get alone with God and I'll pray, Lord, I'm not as close. I want to get closer to you, but I've never hungered again for that salvation. I've never thirsted again for those living waters because he given to me that day on June 3rd, 1978. And I got saved, gloriously saved, and I don't have to look back. Praise God. It's eternal. You don't get saved today and lost tomorrow and saved the next day and lost again. You're saved in an instant forever and ever and ever and ever. And nothing can take it away. You're in the hand of God. No one can see the hand of God. We're in his hand and the devil can't take us out. The devil will be taken out. That's just a created being. And we're just created being. There's only the one self-existent one. That's Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. A chosen place. John 6, 35. 
And Jesus said unto them, I'm the bread of life. Bethlehem, Judea is a beautiful, situated six miles south of Jerusalem on the eastern slope of a limestone ridge with terraces covered with vines and fruit trees. What a, what a beautiful place. You ever been to Israel? Every place I went in Israel, I was just astounded by uh, the, the land and, and how the hills are. And, and it just everything looked so beautiful. I couldn't believe it. It was gorgeous. Everywhere I went, the palm trees, you see where God went and died on that Golgotha. We heard about the tomb. You go to Gethsemane, you see where he prayed. Oh, God, what a wonderful Savior we have. A chosen place. Rich in history, uh, Ruth the Moabitess and met Bo Boaz there and courted. Ruth being the mother of a race of kings came out of her loins. And David was one. And then all the kings after, Solomon and down the line. Close to the place where Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. Where King David was born. Where Jacob tended sheep. Where sheep were taken to be used as in a temple sacrifice from these hills outside of Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, thou, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth hath been from old, from everlasting. This was a chosen birthplace for a royal king. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, what royalty we're dealing with here as the Savior, Jesus Christ. What a royal king. And so it was, verse 6, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered right at the exact time God knew all about it. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. It was not that they had no money, but that there was no room in the inn for them to go there. God having provided something far better, far better. What child is not moved when they hear the song, away in the manger, this king of kings and lord of lords born in a stable in the manger. And Mary, not having a nurse, made wrap the son of God in swaddling clothes. These two, Joseph and Mary, were there obedient to the heavenly calling, and look what took place in their obedience. A chosen people. A chosen people. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 to verse 10. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, the shepherds, taking care of and watching over the sheep, uh, chasing away and sometimes killing the predators, sleeping in a tent, constantly on guard and tending to sickness and injury to the sheep as well as helping with the birthing. These humble workmen, they would see the wonderful creation of God. I wonder how many times they would go to sleep at night and, and see the sun going down over the hills. The beautiful sunset that you see sometimes in Israel. And, and, that, and, and they get up in the morning, early in the morning, and, and they see that sun coming up, seeing the glory of God. And now an angel appears to them, around them. Wow! To these humble shepherds. God knows what he's doing. A declaration of his, this royal decree. Verse 11 and verse 12. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Unto, unto you is born this day. Shepherds and people of Israel, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord, the Holy One, the Anointed One, Jesus, the Savior of the world, is born unto you. A royal decree. Up to this point, the shepherds didn't know who the angel was declaring, but now they know who it is that they're, they're declaring the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. The Messiah is here that they've been waiting for. our Savior. The one who saved my soul. And I think the one who saved most everybody that's here tonight, the Savior, if you're saved tonight, he's the one that saved you, Jesus. Nobody else. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus Christ, we must be saved by the Lord. A glorious adoration of God's greatest gift to man. Verse 13 and verse 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Wow, can you imagine being a shepherd there? You see that angel, now you see a whole host around you praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, goodwill to a sinner like me that I could be saved, goodwill to someone like me that I could repent and turn to God and have my sins forgiven and have a home in heaven and be called a son of God, an adopted son of God. Praise God, and it's the same for you, that he came and he died for you, that you might have the same thing and that the whole world can be saved. Everybody has an opportunity to be saved. But we're disobedient. 
We're disobedient. How many people? Praise God for the ones that are saved. Praise God for the ones that are saved. A royal decree. A glorious adoration. Glory to God in the highest. A faithful fulfillment of the truth. A faithful fulfillment of the truth. You know, uh, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's to all men, that all might be saved. Glory to God in the highest. And verse number 13 and verse number 14, we read that. And then a faithful fulfillment of the truth, verse 15. And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go and even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So there were a witness. Here's a witness of the truth of God that this child, Jesus, this Messiah, was born. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told as it was told unto them. As it was told unto them. The blood that flowed down the cross of Calvary that precious blood is sufficient to pay the price of the penalty for the sin of every man that ever came into this world and that will ever come into this world. He rose triumphantly from the grave on the third day and is alive forevermore and has the keys of death and hell in his hand. And he says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is for all men. Not just for the Jewish people. This is for everybody. A Jew or Gentile. And a Jew or Gentile that rejects them are going to go to hell. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. Because you're Jewish doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. All the Jews aren't going to heaven. If they, if they don't get saved, they're going to go to hell and burn just like any other Gentile that dies and goes to a Christless eternity. In that awful place called hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. A place of utter torment. Darkness and loneliness and a memory of your sin that will die with you. Your sin will go with you to the grave. As for us, it'll be taken away, cast in the depths of the deepest sea as far as east is from west. It's removed, never to be seen again. And it won't be brought back to our memory. Oh God, how could it be to know that our loved ones are burning in hell? He'll wipe that. He'll take that away. God will. And he'll be our heavenly father for eternity. And we'll, we'll live and dwell with him a thousand year reign and then for eternity with him. We're just starting. I mean, we're just a little speck 
in our life right now. It has the keys of death and hell in his hand and the power to save your soul. The power to save your soul. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? God has given him a soul and lose his own soul. God has the power to save that soul if he would just turn to him and trust him as Savior. Obey God. Obey the gospel. The good, the good news that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And he's not willing that any go to hell. He gets no pleasure out of, out of someone that dies and goes to a crisis eternity that's bound, hound, and foot and cast in the lake of fire. God gets no pleasure out of that. There's, there's no smile on God's face for that. There's a smile on his face when somebody gets saved. A man gets saved. God is smiling in heaven. Praise God. He's smiling. He's happy that someone got saved today. Do you remember the day you got saved? What a glorious day. What a great salvation. I remember Kevin, we were praying one time. He said, what? Such a, such a great salvation. So great a salvation. Man, we'll, be, we'll just be in awe for eternity at the greatness of our salvation from God, that he saved a wretch like the angels are in wonder. They look and say, how could you save, how could you save someone like that Paul McPherson, that awful sinner, that pig wallowing in the mire there, how can you save him? That, that dog eating the puke. How can you save him? Because of the grace of God. I can't figure it out. It's because of God's grace and grace alone that we're saved. There's, there, you can't figure it out. It's God's grace. And it's available to anyone that will receive him. God doesn't say, no, him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. He'll never cast anybody out. He never cast me out. Praise God. <clears throat> You have a different heart, don't you? Have a different heart that you got saved. Can you remember before you got saved? I mean, you had emotions and everything, but you never had a heart for people. I, I would never had a heart when I when I seen uh, uh, those people come in this morning, the Northworthies coming to church, and I was at that door. My heart was just moved. Oh God! And I could just feel the presence of God around, the, surrounding them, and 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 holding on to them. His presence, Tina and Sarah, Cody and Amy. Man, that, that, that hurts. I mean, we know that they're loved ones in heaven, but there, there is a, a mourning time. There's a mourning time. Do you know my Jesus, the song? Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my friend? Uh, do you know that he loves you and that he will abide to the end, to the end, eternity? Can, you, we can't figure that out. It's like the Trinity. You can't figure that out. You can't figure out eternity. How, how can you figure out forever and ever and ever and ever? You, your mind can't go there. When it goes backwards where, where Jesus was from eternity past, how can you figure that out? You can't figure that out. We just have to believe it by faith. But we can figure this out, that God loves us. That God is a good God. That God cares for us. And he wants the best for us. And he wants us to live for him. And he wants us to be his people. He loves us and cares for us. And he wants uh, us to be in his will. He cares for us. That's not too hard to figure out that God is good. And there's no sin in him. There's no darkness. There's no darkness and nothing but light. There's no shadows around Christ. There's no shadows around God. 
We have the shadows, but he doesn't. He's light. He predominates light everywhere from every part of his body, from every part of his being. If God walked in here today, this whole place would just light up. We wouldn't need these lights. Wow. Do you know my Jesus? God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. I'm so glad he heals. I, I look at Joanne, and I know that, that, that Joanne is so happy that God healed her. I can see her up singing here and smiling on her face, and I praise God. I'm thinking in my heart, praise God. Praise God. He's the healer, physically and spiritually. He heals the broken heart. He's healed my heart so many times. I've been broken so many times. And God has healed me so many times. He's been so good. He's been so good. <clears throat> God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. A pardon. The death row I was on, death row, going to a Christless eternity, slipping into hell with no hope, thinking I was going all right. And he was ever after me and, and got a hold of my heart and saved me from a burning hell. Scarcely are the righteous saved. I was scarcely saved, but it took hard work by Jesus. The devil was all, keep going the way you're going, Paul. You're, you're doing fine. Wow. Thank God that Jesus changed that and made me a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 <clears throat> An empty grave. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. I, I didn't know that Brother Stone would be preaching. I had this all written out. Last week, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. What is our calling? Are we obedient to it? These two chosen godly people, Mary and Joseph, they were obedient to God's heavenly calling, obedient to salvation. They were obedient vessels in his hand. They were a chosen people for a chosen job. God has a chosen job for us. And if you sin, come back to him. Put away that evil and worship God and cling on to God. Get a hold of God and let him use you. Let him use you as a vessel. Be holy unto the Lord. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Let's bow and eyes closed I'd ask you to stand to your feet, please, and please stand in reverence to the Lord. <clears throat> Maybe there's one here that, that doesn't know the Savior. You, you haven't trusted, and, and you're heading to that crisis eternity. And, and if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to end up in a place called hell. You say, I, I need to be saved. No one's looking, no one's peeking. This is between you and God. And you say, I need to be saved. Would you hold your hand up? I need Jesus as my Savior. Is anybody? Anybody? 
that don't you want to do what God wants you to do? Don't you want uh, God to have his will in, in your life? That you would be a vessel fit for the master's use. If you can say that in your heart, I'm not going to ask for a, a show of hands, but can you say that in your heart? I, I want to do what God wants me to do. This, this message is for me too. I, I'm not obedient like I should be, but I want to be. Don't you want to be? We're going to have a, a song of imitation. The altar's open if you want to come and pray. Whatever your need is, come and pray.